Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star for two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's Bought a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me is a returning guest who I'm surprised that this is his second time on the podcast. He was last on Greece. Uh, he is still a Florida-based performer. His name is Tommy Schwanfelder, everyone! Hey! Now, for those of you who don't know, which is basically everyone but the two of us, um, I thought you've been on more because you send me messages telling me about like whatever episode came out so i'm just like clearly tommy has been on like seven times already but that that's (laughs) one of these days you'll we'll reach seven but like it's it's so interesting because like you know you give great feedback and it's like i'm you show me your collection like i don't know if we said this last time tommy has like a vast collection of musical um recordings if you will not yes, like that's fair. So, some of them are uh i believe you have records you have cds do you have tapes as well i do i have cassette tapes i have eight tracks oh my god i do and i have a godspell eight track which i'm looking for somewhere because i have a little godspell display with a bag and the cassette cast recording but i can't find my eight track but we're I do gonna have need a picture of this for the socials tommy <laughs> absolutely <laughs> of um which, by the way, that is today's topic, but Godspell, the 1973 yeah. movie, which I've seen before. I have thoughts. We'll get to them. Uh, the screenplay is by David Green and John Michael Tebelak. Yep, Tebelak. Tebelak, great. Yep. Um, music and lyrics by Stephen Schwartz, except for one song, which we'll get to in a second, directed by David Green, and according to IMDb, an adap- adaption that adaptation that nope yeah the nope, that's adaption it, yeah adaption an adaption yeah. of the musical in a modern day song and dance recreation of the gospel of saint matthew yes i i was like why doesn't it say adaptation adaption. yeah you're right that's on imdb everyone we can <laughs> talk to them about this um so first and foremost, have you ever done a production of Godspell? I have. I did one uh, when I was in high school between my junior and senior year, I believe it was. Uh, did it there. And then I did it uh, just a few years ago, a local production of it. But uh, like anytime I can audition for it and I know my schedule will allow, I will always try to audition for this show. In the recent one, who did you play or what song did you sing, I should say? I, I, was, the, it, I was the Jeffrey track. So I sang We Beseech Thee. The Which first was- time I did it. Which was cut yeah. for the movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, the first time I did it, though, I was the Herb track, and except I got to sing all of Light of the World. Because in the stage show and in the movie, they break it up, like everyone gets their own verse. But the uh, music director just, he's like, you can do it. <laughs> so maybe you can help me out. I'm a little confused. Because, like, I know, I read that in the, um, in the script, or, like, every preceding script, it is the names of the actors who first did it. So like you're mm-hmm. saying Herb Track and Jeffrey Track, even like Jesus and John slash Judas isn't a name. It's Stephen and something else, and da- someone else. David. David. Thank you. Uh, but like the ones that are 
not Jesus or John slash Judas. Are you all like the apostles? Are they supposed to be followers? What is going on? Uh, the characters were developed to be, that's a good word, more like followers. I don't want to say children, but just they wanted childlike and innocence to it. So they didn't want them behaving like kids, just they wanted them to be open-minded and just fun. And they felt that if they did 12 people, 12 followers, it's too hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, we're not going to do that. So, and they didn't want it to be like this direct allegory of like, oh, it's Jesus and his disciples dressed as clowns and hippies. So they just wanted to keep it. No, here's 10 followers. We're just going to learn their lessons well. And another song cut from the film, but um, who would like learn from this man and just share their innocence and their knowledge. Which um, I didn't realize that Beautiful City was written for this movie since we talked about other songs. Um, it's I love that. I, I'm i not going to lie. I've seen, ooh, um, I think my college did a production of it uh, that I saw. I saw the uh, off broad, the Broadway revival from like ooh, a decade 2011. ago. 2011. Yep. Yeah. 2011. Oh, more than a decade. Oh, no. I oh, know. no. And then, and then yeah. I, I also, um, I was a last minute designer on, on a production of it, which I have oh, pictures which, of. Do you want to see what the pictures? You, absolutely. What did you design? Costume set? Costumes. Um, you will see at some point uh, after this episode's released on the socials. Do you know why the look of Godspell is always like clown, hippie, or like, um, rummaging through a theater and putting together bits and bobs that because I know in the 2011 um uh revival like one of the characters is wearing like pumpkin britches and another one's wearing like a doublet and I was just like that's weird but mm-hmm. I like it because I'm trying to remember because I saw that production too is it doesn't somebody bring like a chest like full of like costume pieces onto the stage like they all grab it then run off and change or something like that at I'm some point during uh Prepare you, save, I believe. Prepare you, you save the people or whatever. Yeah, if I, if memory serves. And usually uh, that is how it's done. Is like someone either brings on a, a big bag of clothes or a chest. Or like when the last time I did it, our pieces were just kind of hidden in the set. So we changed on stage, actually. Mm, I think I had them underdress some pieces if they could. And then just, they. I think they ran off stage. Because we, um, my the production I did, I don't know about the ones that you did. I also had uh, Tower of Babel as one of mm-hmm. the songs, which I love that song. Me too. It's, I agree. It's, it's a, it, it culminates to just a cacophony of sounds and words. Um, and it's usually the one that gets cut a lot. And I'm very upset by that because um, it's great to see the transformation. I mean, this movie does it too. They have, because we see them in like I want to call it a montage of like them mm-hmm. being everyday people and then mm-hmm. they basically hear you know John the Baptist's when, call siren song is that that's yep, what I called it he's blowing it's called a shofar is the <laughs> horn he's blowing my favorite is I don't remember which one it was which guy it was but he's in the cab and then he pulls out a recorder and just starts playing mm-hmm. while stuck in traffic I'm like 1970s New York yes yep, I believe that's you Je- that's uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey yep, that's Jeffrey yep well, to answer your question about the costumes. Um, oh, yes. Uh, the, the original designer, Susan Sue, T- TSU is her last name. So I think okay. Sue, Susan Sue. Um, when the show was developed at Carnegie Mellon and when they were all in college together, um, 
because they, they really wanted it to be more of a clown look, whereas then the movie started shifting it towards more of a hippie look. And even from that point on, like the uh, the creators and everything were like, they liked the movie, they enjoyed it, they were a part of it, but they didn't like that it skewed more hippie, if that makes mm. sense. Like they wanted it to be more of a clown look, but to be clown on film will look a little over your little you're going kind of over sensory the overload. It, yeah. yeah. Whereas on stage, and if you've seen pictures on the stage production, even like the makeup Jesus gives them, or they give each other, depending on what production you see, the stage, the original stage production makeup is a lot more garish. It's more like, oh, I'm just going to paint a whole line down my face. It's rather than like the precise Jesus. Uh, or like or like a, a dot or something, you know. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I saw, I saw a production of it. Um, I don't remember if they did this also in the revival, but I, I know I saw another production of it where they were handed uh totems which were just like flowers on clips that they then stuck to their cause no they Mm -hmm. did that they did that in the revival too um i think i prefer a totem rather than face paint personally yeah and i mean the effect is still given you know them turning in their flower when it's time during the last supper and everything so the effect is still the same it Mm -hmm. it is more it's it's more of a gentler version of that of the conversion and if you want to use the word conversion but you know that like the time of innocence is over like you return your flower you take the childish makeup off your face because now it's time to move on but yeah i like i like both of them but yeah it Uh, was the revival had the flower uh so i want to touch upon the stage version for a second you kind of gave away some secrets how dare you uh i didn't read your mind but i didn't realize this that it was john michael tabalak's master's thesis like that's the how this started, and um, music. It, it wasn't Stephen Schwartz who wrote the music originally. It was Dwayne Bollock. I hope sure. I'm saying his last name right. Um, and then it, and then in 1971, producers brought in Stephen Schwartz to rewrite the score, except for "By My Side," which was the one and only song written by another other people. Their names are Jay Hamburger and Peggy Gordon. Yep, and Peggy was uh, an original cast member as well. And I think uh, Jay was, I think was her husband, but I'm not sure. If I'm wrong, don't yell at me. Uh, hey, everyone knows the socials by this point. <laughs> if not, we'll you'll get to, we'll get to them at the end. Let us know. Uh, and then it opened at Cherry Lane Theater on May 17th, in 1971, and it moved to the Promenade Theater in 1976, where it closed because then it opened on Broadway that same year. Um, and uh, some some cast members that were in the movie were part of earlier, well, I mean, they were all part of different productions I read around the world, it seems like, or United States, I should say. In Canada, United States and yep, Canada. US and Canada. Um, however, Robin Lamont is the only one that was, is OG. Like she, cause she did the thesis one, then the off-Broadway, then Broadway, then movie. Um, David Haskell also started from the thesis per- performance, but I don't think he did the Broadway. I don't think so. I think he was gone by that point. I, I don't know if, please tell me if I'm wrong or if it says, because Joanne Jonas and Gilmer McCormick, I know were original Cherry Lane, but I think they were still at Carnegie, but I could be wrong. I can't they remember. were not in Carnegie. They were not? From, okay. Hold on. Let me, let me check the Wikipedia page yep. real quick. Uh... Uh, so the Carnegie Mellon cast in speaking order, Andrew Raher, uh, Mary Maziotti, Martha Jacobs, Robin Lamont, Robert Miller, 
Sonia Manzano, Stanley King, Randy Danson, James Stevens, and David Haskell. So no, they were part of the Cherry Lane production as well as Jeffrey. In fact, can I, my little notes about the cast, can I share? Since it's Since we're here, directly. yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Victor Garber came from Toronto uh, uh-huh. where he was there with Eugene Levy and Gilda Radner were in that cast. Oh, and Martin <gasps> Short. Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yep. What is this? Cast. What is this magical cat? Is do you have a recording of it? They never did one. I know there is there's blips from like Canada news stations at the time. I think like if you look on YouTube, you can find some stuff. I'm gonna have to do a deep dive on but, the internet. Yeah. Okay. But they never did a cast recording of the Canada cast. I'm um, very offended by that that they didn't do but one. It's a great cast though. Um, and then Katie Hanley, uh, she was from the New York cast when it was at the Promenade. Uh, fun story, she was actually, she opened in Greece as Marty. She's the original Marty on the recording. But oh. uh, one night she was doing Greece and they needed her in Godspell. So she went over to do Godspell and her understudy went on for, for Marty. And the night that, to bring it to the movie, the night that she went on, uh, she was in the Robin role actually day by day. And that night, David Green, the producer of the movie was watching and saw her and cast her in the film because she happened to be there that night and he liked her. This is, this is Katie, I'm sorry, you said? Yeah, Katie, yeah. Who sings so, By My Side. In the movie, yes. Yeah. So even though she, I think she understudied a few roles, uh, she said that she did Ro- Robin's role, the day-by-day role the most. And so that's why they pulled her from Greece one night to go do um, Godspell. And the producer of the movie happened to be watching. He's like, I like her. But he also wanted Robin. So he just moved Katie into the By My Side track. Oh, that's so nice. Um. And David Haskell is from New York. Meryl Jackson was, I believe he was in the New York cast at one point. Um, every, like you said, everyone in the movie was in a production mm, at some point. No, Meryl was, was in the Chicago cast. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, yeah, I have a question mark, New York. I don't know. Joanne <laughs> came from the New York cast. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, she went into the Sonia track, Turn Back, Oh Man, because Sonia was off to do a little show called Sesame Street. Y- yes. And then I re- uh, there was another person who took over a different track because the original cast member, um, Lynn Thigpen. Peggy, actually. Oh, oh, I get what you're saying. Got it. Yes. Pe- Peggy was, Peggy Gordon was originally cast, but then she had uh, tonsillitis. Then, so, yes. so Katie took over for her. Correct. Um, so Robin is from New York. Gilmer's from New York. Jeffrey, New York. Jerry, I always kill his last name, Stroka. Um, he was from Boston. Mm-hmm. And then Lynn Thigpen was in the DC cast, and our listeners may know her as the chief from chief. from Carmen Sandiego and the voice of Luna from Bear in the Big Blue House. I I also looked up um, uh, Jerry. Uh, oh, I can't Stroka. pronounce his last name. Shroka. Yeah. <laughs> he turned out to go into uh, voice acting, which I wasn't. I wasn't really that surprised after watching the movie. Like, that makes total sense because uh, he. In the movie, he doesn't really sing, and he's also not the best dancer. Apparently, according to the an IMDb trivia fact, is that uh, they're not known for dancing, these people. Uh, but <laughs> Jerry, if you watch the movie, I forget which part it is. He is, like, struggle-bussing it the whole time. And I yep. was just like, I love you. Like, it's nice. Yes. It's nice. That's uh, That track, that's the, the Herb track. Um, that is usually cast i mean no one's cast for their dancing for the show or the movie that's not the point but um they're cast for their improv 
improvisation skills and um, obviously their voices too. And the way that they work together is one thing, the original production and the movie, they wanted to make sure people could work together. So even if you had a killer voice, if they didn't see that you were melding with the other people, you didn't get the part. But the Herb track is definitely known for being the, the funny man, like the shticky guy, mm. like do the you comedian. Th- do you think this movie worked? Do you know, like, because I know that there's a lot of like stage shows, musicals, plays, whatever, operas even, that would be very difficult to turn into a movie. And like, I like the concept that they had where it's all set in New York. Um, it, the downfall is that I, I live in New York, so I know all the places and like a lot of people know. Um, also, it's uh, a pre 9-11 movie. So we do see a lot of shots of the Twin Towers, everyone. Apparently mm-hmm. it was still being built at the time. Yep, it wasn't even finished yet. <laughs> but like, and they... I, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, it was it was a nice movie. I like the music. I always love the music of Godspell, but like, I don't know if it actually worked as a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I absolutely admit that I'm biased. I enjoy the movie greatly, but I come to it from nostalgia with just the way it's been a part of my life, and I just think it's so beautiful to watch because, like you said, to see New York quiet and clean in 1972 are you kidding i i so so now so okay so now i want to go back in time to watch that toronto production (laughs) and then jump a little bit to see how they filmed this because my god they are at they're at lincoln center they're at uh central park specifically bethesda fountain which both places and then they're also like (laughs) on the on one of the Twin Towers buildings while it's under construction. So it's just like, these are three heavily populated areas of New York City that you are, um, that you are, you know, taking control of in 1970. And, <laughs> and they said when they filmed, obviously they pre-recorded and lip sync to their own voices, which is fine. We, that's not a big problem. It but happens. Because of, the, because of the noise of New York City, even though they could keep people away while they filmed, which is what they needed for the aesthetic, um, a lot of the movie was actually looped afterwards. So even the dialogue, they had to go back and loop over themselves. That makes because sense. Of, you, you can't make New York shut up. You know, you can get up early and get, get your shots, but you can't make it be quiet. You can block off certain streets or certain areas from people or, and or cars, but like, it was always behind you. <laughs> you yes, know, exactly. Like, like if you block off uh, one part of Bethesda Fountain, there's still the rest of Central Park that you have to deal with. <laughs> yep. Um, in fact, my husband, because he knows I love this movie so much, uh, when he proposed, uh, I was on tour and we were playing New York and we did a, a ride around Central Park, you know, the horse ride because we're tourists and that's what you do. And it was December and cold and wet. And so we went to the Bethesda Fountain. He, uh, we had coffee in a, we bought some Starbucks, of course, and put it in our thermos. We're out there just talking and we go to the, the fountain and we were sitting up against the water on you know the big benches and everything and that's where he proposed and he chose that location Aww, because he knows Godspell. how much I love that movie yep but going going back to me asking if this worked as a film oh sorry, but, yes. yeah uh because you know before like I want to say about two uh, somewhere between a half to two-thirds of this of the script of the stage show even is all parables and then we get to the Last Supper and the death of Jesus and all that, which I always love how creative people 
are because like i mean in the 2011 revival they literally flew in a cross and tied the actor to it and then he flew out and then like ran back on stage i don't know if it, if that was supposed to represent the resurrection or if it was supposed to be like we're breaking the fourth wall and we're we're letting you know you just watched a show yeah but in the movie um I don't know. Some of the parables didn't read as well as I as they do on stage. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what I'm missing. And it, they said because the show is also they break the fourth wall left and right in the stage show. You know, they they get into the audience, they talk to the audience, and that sometimes the audience gets on stage and helps out with certain parables if if they decide to take that route. But uh, yeah, the movie is more. It's just it's entertaining. It's not as immersive, obviously. And so I don't think you walk away from it with the same feeling as you do the stage show. And with the movie, because there's no, there's no bows. That's why I think them walking off with him on their shoulders and everything. And they turn that corner and then that amazing shot of like that is... the corner and then all the people rush in. I'm like, again, did you, where did how, they go? <laughs> how did you, I have a feeling if you pay it, I had a theory of that. If you pay attention when they show you the block the street that they turned on you do mm-hmm. see like su- a, a door like really awning. close to the corner door or something yeah really close to the corner so my thought is like they just like ran in there and hid go 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that was that was amazing um it's it was also a little jarring to see no like abandoned new york city because part of me was just like, is this the ascension? Like, did, or no, did Judgment just, Day happen? Is that what's going on? No, I think the the idea was they just wanted a clean palette to see these innocent people just enjoying their world. They didn't want interference or anything mm. like that. And to put them that juxtaposition of the innocent characters up against the just the visual, in some cases, like harshness of the city to see these steel buildings and that kind of stuff. But then also you get um like the fountain, which is beautiful, but just, I think that's more what they were going for to see if the whole city is their playground. Cause the stage show happens like just on the playground. Yeah. 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 Or, or, or whatever uh, they choose to. I I'm sorry that, that revival, I, I don't mean to keep talking about it, but that revival no, <laughs> blew my mind. Cause on I the, loved it. <laughs> on the stage during we beseech, they, they opened up trap doors to reveal trampolines and yep. that, blew my mind <laughs> also speaking of we beseech thee like i know this i know this music very well i've listened to it a, a lot over the years i kind of like glossed over the fact that they cut it from the movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until later when i read it i was like wait a second i mean so they cut we beseech thee what else did we say they cut, they cut we beseech thee and um learn uh, your lessons well learn your lessons well as but well as tower of babel and like you said before, so many people cut Tower of Babel. As long as you start the show, kind of like the movie does, just to see the harshness of these people's lives, the way the city's kind of crapping on them throughout their day, but then they hear the shofar and then they join John the Baptist and everything occurs. Um, so back to, okay, so they cut that song. Oh, they cut with We Beseech Thee. You can hear it on the tack piano during the, I wrote this down, during the prodigal son scene. He's playing it underneath one of the silent movies. He's playing uh, yeah. like, uh, like a- Oh, yeah. oh yes, it. yes, 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 yes. And learning lessons well, they're humming it just after they finish cleaning up the uh, cleaning up the junkyard. Uh, they are humming it uh, right before the Pharisee tax collector song. Do you do you think those three songs would have worked if they if it was in the movie? We beseech thee. 
kind of also gives you light of the world vibes in the sense of like, like to get you riled up. And so I don't think you need both of them. Now, mind you, I love We Beseech Thee. It was my song last time I did it. So I am disappointed <laughs> that, and I love Jeffrey. I love that actor. So like to know that he lost a song, I'm like, oh, I feel bad for him. But um, We, we Beseech Thee, as long as you have at least light of the world or We Beseech Thee, you're going to get the effect you need. And also I think We Beseech Thee is very audience oriented. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you have them like, hold, you hold up the signs, We Beseech Thee, like that kind of stuff. I mean, I am looking at uh, the Wikipedia page where they list uh, in both the off-Broadway production and the 2011 revival where it, it, where it sits in Act mm-hmm. 2. Um, it's, you, it's like towards the end of the show. Um, it's your last happy song. But <laughs> it like, goes all, yeah. It goes downhill from there. I feel like that's just like, I don't want to call it an 11 o'clock number um, in the sense of like, uh, that's the most emotional song, but it's like the, oh my God, what's that What's that song from Kiss Me Kate? Act two, Too Darn Hot, I believe, mm-hmm. where they uh, it, it's added in just to wake the audience up a little bit. And I know other musicals have a song like that. This is the one that just came to mind. So I feel like We Beseech Thee is that song for this show where it's kind of like a, Hey, happy fun times, everyone. Wake up. We're almost done. Because <laughs> um, act two, start, on the stage show, act two starts with Turn Back, Oh Man, which is kind of also more of a, I don't say reality-based song, but because it's a vampy character in the stage show. She's, she plays it more May Westy, very vampy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have, it's kind of, they equate her to the Mary Magdalene character, but it's still kind of up in the air. It depends on how you want to play it. But um, so with act two opening with that song it starts to ground and bring us back into reality like the darker side of what we're about to be dealing with like with the pharisee and with uh, uh alas for you and that kind of stuff whereas i we beseech thee i think is kind of like the in the stage version of west side story where they put officer krupke to lighten the mood before mm-hmm. everything goes to hell yes. i think we beseech thee is kind of that same idea it's just like okay we're getting dark getting dark oh we beseech thee happy happy times everyone we're, we're gonna be sad soon I'm sorry, remind me again, which songs did you sing in the Euro Productions? Uh, the first one I did, um, Light of the World, uh-huh. uh, Let's Have Some Wine, and then the last time I did it, it was We Beseech Thee. Which, okay, so if you get to do this show again, which, which song or character, because there are two character names, would you want to do? Or do you want to reprise your We Beseech Thee? Or light of the um, world. I'm like I'm. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the songs now. Um, I would gladly. I would gladly do any of them again. I would honestly. I would love to do We Beseech Thee just because I also just love that track, the Jeffrey track. I enjoy it so much. Um. Yeah. I. I How about you? <laughs> I don't know. I think I want to play John Judas because you get to do. Uh, prepare ye, you get to do uh, All for the Best. Um, I feel like there's another one that he does. Like, I know that they are all, like, singing the chorus of songs, yeah. or, like, they're the backup singers for some people. Um, but, depending on the production, I know that he has, that I've seen where John Judas, whatever, sings on the Willows. I've seen that done, too. That's a, oh my god. <laughs> that yeah. song makes me cry so much. And, and what I loved about Beautiful City, though, is that usually... Wait, is that the one where they usually give back the totems or they take the makeup off? Or is that On the Willows? That's on the Willows is 
in the stage show, which you don't have to do in the stage show, but usually people open act two with it. Like we're building a beautiful city. We're making the set pretty. Like we're cleaning up our mess from act one. Like it's beautiful mm. city is usually done at the beginning of act Oh, interesting. Two. Okay, because I've, I've, I've seen I it as a ballad or as the, on the movie, what they called the Partridge Family version. Because I see on the revival, which is the one that I've played the most uh, while I'm listening to this, it's Jesus singing it. It's the third to last song of the show. And it's um, a little bit of a ballad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a gentle, a gentle tune. Yes, it's a gentle tune. But I mean, when they sang on the well, when they when they did on the willows in the movie, um, it, it just it's a gut punch. It, it, yep. it is. Although I was a little curious. So in that, that's when the, he's taking the makeup off of everything and mm-hmm. uh well now Judas is helping holding the can and everything uh the makeup remover but the character Jerry tries to wipe off Jesus's makeup and he doesn't and Jesus swats his hand away why because that well that track is like I said is like the comedian is like the silly the silly one and so he just thinks this is a game like oh we're taking makeup off so it's not like he's trying to like like he's trying to wipe his makeup off to be like oh we're all wiping our makeup off now i think i feel like he's doing it like oh we're just having fun like okay we're taking our makeup off here i'll take yours off and jesus doesn't because he's not one of them like they need to return to their world with the things they've learned whereas jesus oh i didn't read it like that yeah oh i mean victor carver (laughs) yeah i mean Victor Garber. I didn't realize that that was Victor Garber <laughs> until I <laughs> looked afro. at it with that the afro and the the clownish ma- uh, under eye makeup and everything. Um, apparently, this was his film debut, so kudos to that. him. Yeah, I really enjoyed him, and you know, it also I it also I, I can't I keep racking my brain because I know the name uh, David Haskell, but I just don't know how. I mean, I only know him from Godspell, but I've looked him up and he's done movies, but he's always just like, he has like two lines. Like he's in a scene and you see him, but he's not a major actor, film actor at all. Yeah. Um, I, if anyone knows how I know him, welcome to my brain. Figure, <laughs> help me figure it out. Uh, uh, I don't, I think, I don't have any other like notes or questions. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about before um, we get into the sharp and I could go on for hours about this, but uh, I will, I know it's something we shill things later, but this isn't mine. So I'm just sharing a lot of the information I got specifically about the movie. There is a wonderful, wonderful book called The Godspell Experience, written by, please don't kill me, Carol DeGuerre, who actually lives in Connecticut, where I'm from. But uh, it's a whole book about the history of Godspell from its orig- origins, very much origins, up until they even cover the 2011 revival. Is in so here, from the... the- on the movie. From the master's thesis to Correct. the, oh, wow, oh, shit. And she interviewed anyone she could get her hands on. She interviewed everyone, or she found interviews, like Lynn Thigpen obviously passed away a long time ago, but she found interviews with her where she speaks of it. So she, Lynn is quoted in the book. Um, John Michael is talking, you know, quotes left and right. And she's good friends with Stephen Schwartz. Uh, Carol is good friends with Stephen Schwartz. So um, he helped her. She also wrote the book, if you've seen the book, Defying Gravity, about the history of Wicked. Same, same author. Um, but she, the, a friend bought me this. It's signed by Stephen Schwartz. 
Go fuck yourself. And then also signed by Carol and Robin Lamont. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Tommy is literally showing me these signatures. So I'm flabbergasted and jealous at the same time. I will send you, email you a link to where you can buy it. And there are autographed copies, I believe, still available. If not, I'm sure Carol will sign it for you. I'll add it into the description of the episode. <laughs> yep, at the podcast, yep. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but what else, any fun facts that you remember, um, grabbed from that? Uh, when they filmed the movie, they filmed it in order. So the way you see it in the movie is the way they filmed it because the director wanted the relationships to grow. So when they film the final scene, the reactions would be more genuine about like, this is the last scene we're filming. We're done after oh, this shit. and that kind of stuff. Um, uh, weather is not too much of an issue, they said. Uh, you had to get up early. Robin talks about setting her alarm for 4.30 to get to her filming location and then getting up to the World Trade Center. She named, there's a restaurant on some floor, I can't remember what it was. They put on their makeup and then they had to walk up and there was like a 12, uh, an 18 rung little metal ladder they had to climb to go onto the top. And if you watch the movie, there's no guardrail. There's nothing behind them. Yeah, they're, uh, they, are, <laughs> they are dancing really close to the edge. And I did yeah. feel like, that's a little scary. <laughs> OSHA, OSHA was not notified. I don't even think OSHA was around at that time. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But movies like that. But everyone, they said, you know, after people calmed down, Gilmer talked about crying her eyes out when she first got up there. But everyone just kind of calmed down. And like I said, because of the chemistry that they had with each other, they were able to like chill each other out. And they they filmed and then got out of there. <laughs> oh, wait, that is um, all for the best, right? That yeah. song? That is yep. when Jerry doesn't know the choreography. <laughs> Yes. Correct. Or I'm hope I'm part of me wants to give him a little uh, uh, give like, you know, give it to him a little bit and say that like he made character choices. But like, I feel like it was the actor just not grasping the choreography. Um, the choreographer borrowed a lot of stuff from the stage show because he didn't want them because like we said, they're not tra- these weren't trained dancers, except for Joanne was. And uh, or at least they all had maybe a little dance, but Joanne was a dancer. So in the beginning, when she's doing the ballet, when she's in the real world, she uh-huh. really is a dancer. But um, so the choreographer kept a lot of the stage stuff, but or you know tweaked it a little bit. But uh, the book says that he spoke to Joanne and be like, "Hey, remember all these steps? Can you show them how to do it? But just keep it like not simplified, but make it just look natural the way a non-dancer would. So don't look bad doing it, but just." we're all just having fun, like that kind of stuff. So he didn't want them worried about like, make sure you do it on this count. It was just very natural. And like, I think that's where the clown comes in. Cause like you, like you said, seeing clown costumes on 10 people for an hour and 45 minutes, that's how long the movie is, is a little like jarring and a little like, you know, disconcerting in a way. So I feel like with their, acting and the parables as well as the choreography that's where the clown comes in the clowning mm-hmm. about and yeah. i don't know i just felt like they they were acting it too young just like a scotch too young if they like acted yeah. a little more mature or something yeah, yeah and i mean the director got out of them what he wanted and everything but i absolutely understand that because there's certain moments where it does get like cartoony like the whole um forgive your brother you know it's where they're walking through is it carnegie or it's they're outside and like she snaps her uh suspender and like she goes to punch someone but then she's katie's on a roller skate it's all very like mark oh the fight that happens yeah the fight yeah um 
and you know like love your love your brother as you love your enemy as you love your brother or whatever it is he says and they and then that goes into uh, some other gentle number oh i think it goes into um the uh god she's eating a hot dog rich man rich man oh rich man. yeah Captain, yeah the lazarus servant or, lazarus thank you oh my god yes lazarus parable but um yeah w- one thing sorry just my thing with gospel because i love it but i understand all shows aren't for everyone. I absolutely understand and respect that. And so when I tell people, oh, I love Godspell, and people are like, ugh, I hate it. The first question I always ask is, I'm like, okay, tell me about the production you saw. Like, because no one, ha- no one really sees the movie. I'm like, tell me about the production you saw. Yes. And, and yes. my first question is, how many people were in it? Oh, it was like a cast of like 35. I'm like, okay, stop. Done. Stop right now. Done. <laughs> or when there's like the cast of 15 and then the 20 extras who are the dancers. Like, no, 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 no. This show doesn't work like that. We, when we did it, we just happened to have, because I think they just took almost everyone who auditioned. Um, we happened to have 12 people plus Judas. So we kind of had the 12 disciples, but that wasn't planned. It just worked out that way. So I don't think Godspell should be any bigger than like a cast of 15. And I'll I'll be polite and say I'm gonna I'm gonna like I would agree with you because like then it becomes too much, correct? And like as is, um, I think I don't think anyone has a repeats a song, like uh, like like it's like their yeah. solo song. Yes, uh, the only thing that kind of happens is um, learn your lessons well. Sometimes op- like opens Act Two while everyone's getting back to their seats. Mm-hmm. Like there's never there's only one rec- I have is, I think it's an Australian cast recording where they actually recorded it and I think it's on it's like a bonus track on the two, 2011 cast with Telly because Telly does it oh yeah they did a um yeah they before turn back oh man they did yeah. a uh, uh learn your lessons well reprise or something like that where they're yeah. just like, uh it it's sounds like Lindsay, they're like riffing off yeah they're they're just joking and you yeah. know jamming and everything but yeah it's just the audience getting let's keep the audience entertained while they go back to their seats that's really all that number is there for but yeah right, I mean, no one repeats their own song i'm i'm just looking um it looks like jesus and john judas is the only are the only people and that's because they are the only named ones really correct and um, even because i'm trying to think does because he's John, he's John the Baptist. Then throughout the show, he transitions into the Judas character. But um, no, no, no one's names are like no, neither John Judas or Jesus. Like no one ever says those words ever in the show. Like yeah, because they, they call him Rabbi, Master, 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 Father, Rabbi, those kind of things. But they're never called. And Judas. then we, the audience, just assume John and Judas because um, John when he's john he or sorry i don't want to be so binary when they're john because who anyone can play any role at this point i mean i would oh my god i would love to see like gender swapped of those characters those named characters that would be so interesting anyway i'm sure it's been done and i'm pretty sure i've seen pictures or youtube clips i'm sure great (laughs) i'm sure it's out there um when i mean john washes the uh jesus's feet and you know, through those that are, that have grown up, uh, you know, following the Catholic Christian Bible, they know John the, uh, John the Baptist wipes his feet. And then later, um, when he's transitioning into Judas, we see him, well, in the movie, he does, uh, like, he, 
No, he doesn't actually like go to the police or anything, no. right? Right, because it's not that's that's JC Superstar. Um, but no, in this version, he just he brings the room down big time during um blessed blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are this, but they're all happy, uh-huh. like blessed are the blah blah blah. And then that's the first time we see the Judas character. Judas like, come out, yes. And yeah, then blessed are the or blessed are you who blah 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 blah. And Jesus realizes, uh oh, things just got really tense. And that's when he does the whole did I ever tell you that I could read feet? So he's trying to lighten the mood and they go into um something Bless the that's Lord? fun. <laughs> Bless the Lord or all good gifts or something like that? Oh, maybe. Oh, it, sorry. It is. Sorry. Yes, they go into Bless the Lord by Lindsay. Yeah, because yeah. then all for the best, he's supposed, that's like the final transition moment where he's like, if you didn't catch it first, this is when you're going to catch it because this is when he's <laughs> Guess <Judas>. what? <laughs> Definitely Judas. Um, but in the film, the only police thing is when, because he kisses, he kisses him and then Judas leaves and that's when Jesus finishes with the the other players and they do the or it's the cup already happened but uh, they do the last supper and then when he comes back he comes back because you just see the the police lights in the distance and the cars but you never see any of the police but that's what's lighting lighting him from the back or the police I loved that by the way I okay well I I don't want to talk too much because you know I'm gonna save it for sharp and flat so if we're if we're done analyzing yep. great let's get into sharp and flat shall we absolutely sharp flat. so in this section we're going to highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it if we liked it it's sharp and if we didn't like it or thought it can change it's flat tommy hit me with your sharps sharps are the cast overall the cast i mean really there's not a bad apple in the bunch everyone is great and i love that they all came from it's they're all from the from the same show but from different experiences so they brought their own experiences and it shows and i think that is definitely as sharp as the cast um sharp again like i said earlier you got new york city to be clean and kind of quiet well done well <laughs> done um and yeah i mean i i have tons of sharps uh, if i think of more <laughs> as we're going i'll tell you i mean but, you um, could also just say the whole movie yeah the whole and funny, that's allowed funny, yeah the whole movie honestly there's nothing the only song that I don't, I'm not going to say fast forward through, but that I was like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, um, would be Alas for You. It's good, mm, but I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. we're getting angry, and it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. That's the point of it. But I was like, it's like, okay, I'll just go to the bathroom, but it's not bad. Um, I'm going to be a little more specific. Like, I, I do agree with you. A good sharp is everyone in this movie, but like, I sharped the introduction of the followers because I felt like that was. Uh, even though we didn't have it and we did kind of talk about it, that was the Tower of Babel moment that, I mean, I hope, um, did your productions have it? I forget if you said that or not. The The first time we did it, yes, it did. Because I was a huge Godspell fan at that point and I heard that song. I'm like, what is this? So any production I'd seen prior to my first production doing it, they all cut it. So when I first went into rehearsals, I'm like, what is this Tower of Babel song? Because it's not on the original recording. So to realize what it was, I was just like, oh, this is really cool. Um, so, but that wouldn't translate, I think, very well on film, having people fighting over each other with, like, different um, philosophers and stuff. But yeah. But the, the grind on people, I think, is very smart, the way they did it in the film. Um, unless it was just voiceover and we saw the grind. That's the only mm-hmm. way I think it would work. But, like, I do like the fact that we get a siren song and to a transition of, like... Yeah. This is your, you are everyday people. Now you are 
the players, the followers, whatever the technical term is. Um, I'm super sharpening Jerry's uh, last name. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, the his his voices, his, his like faces, the fact that he can't dance at all. Um, I love it. I loved every second of it. He was a, and he is the goofball. So he was the joy. He was more of a joy than the rest of the cast. Like the cast was a joy. He was just a little yeah. more. And but then that's, his, that's that track is the, the goofy fun guy. Yeah. And then I'm going to, uh, I wrote down bless the Lord. And that's because I love the usage of they're not mirrors, but it's not aluminum foil. I don't know yeah. what they used <laughs> as a reflective surface, but like, I really enjoyed that. And I thought it was cute and funny and everything. And I, <laughs> and I loved it even more that it turns out that that was a, it, what the concept of that song was a performance for Jesus at an mm-hmm. amphitheater. Like, come on. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. And I love that. I don't know what that stuff is called either the reflective surface. I can feel it. Like I know what it feels like, but I don't know what it is either. <laughs> yeah. Um, so every once in a while in this section, I have what I like to call unnatural. It's where it's neither sharp nor flat, but I still need to talk about it. And for me, the natural of this is the concept of it taking place in New York City because I felt it was a little jarring that there was no one there besides the 10 of them. Um, I, I, I mean, also the fact that like it a lot of it was set at Lincoln Center and I was just like, what's going on here, guys? <laughs> um, I mean, I, and I also, I also did like it because I get it. They're going to the most heathen city in the world <laughs> and making it clean and ready for Jesus. And half the cast was already there. And half the cast was already <laughs> there. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't... I don't want to shit on it because like it's it's still such a really interesting concept and the fact that they use the city as like the 13th character or something or the 12, 11th character because there's 10 of, there's 10 of them there's 10 of them yes yeah, yeah. it's five and five and then the the 11th character is New York City in a way so I loved that um, without it being too like commercialized it's like mm-hmm. we're at Lincoln Center what's up <laughs> or, and when or, they're on the they're on the um, the billboard in Times Square when they're doing All for the Best. And it has the, um, like, it's the uh, silhouettes of them on the digital, it's yes. a, for wristwatch company, whatever like that. But they're doing the same routine behind them. That was amazing. I loved it. But, like, the, the fact that it was so quiet was very disconcerting to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're just coming at it from a different angle. You have a, you have a very specific angle that you're coming at it from, which makes right. total sense. That, that's not talked about. Like, it's not, it, no one's like, hey, where did everyone go? Like, or or it's not like, hey, we're in, you know, another dimension or, <laughs> sorry, there's a lot of yeah. like interdimensional <laughs> multiverse movies coming out these days that I'm just like, okay. Uh, so <laughs> so I don't Godspell mean, is a Marvel movie. So Godspell, well, I would say, <laughs> I would call it, I would akin, a, make it uh, akin to everything everywhere all at once. The A24 movie. So. Okay. Um, uh, I did think of one sharp. I thought of one new sharp. One new sharp? Great. Yes. At During the credits, because I know people usually leave, and it's on the recording too, during uh, prepare at the end of the movie, it, the crowds are coming in, and it's the shot of like, it's just the pullback shot of just everyone on the street and everything like looking down, and it's where they, it starts going picture in picture in picture, repeating the same picture over and over. Listen to the soundtrack, 
because Paul Schaefer is on like an electric organ and he is going to town. And I love his, his, or, I love his music at that point because they just let him, Stephen Schwartz was like, just go. I like to do he, it. He flew, he flew him in from, he was with the Toronto cast, Paul Schaefer. So Stephen flew him in and was like, okay, you're going to play for the movie soundtrack. And then they, he just let him go for certain things. And for that final prepare at the end of the film, as the credits are rolling, listen to that electric organ. It's groovy as hell. Okay. I, uh, I mean, I also did like that they didn't just go into a rolling text and credit thing. They showed you the pictures of people and credited them because the characters are their names. <laughs> so, And only very, very few times, like I said, they never say John, John Judas or Jesus, but they call each other by name. Even not everyone gets their name said. Right. Fruit Robin, like not everyone is even named in the film. Right. And it's all and a lot of it is just, you know, not um, not prominent like that, that it was a throwaway line like that. They that I, one of them says while they walk by, like it's yeah. not it's not like even you don't see the actor move their lips <laughs> like yeah. I think I think <laughs> I don't remember. I don't yeah, no, remember, no. <laughs> but it, it feels it feels like it's just so like ancillary that you're just like, OK, Robin is one of their names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I don't. Yeah, and the guy, his boss, uh, Meryl's boss, yells for yeah, Meryl. Meryl, yeah. Meryl, Meryl. Other than that, Meryl and Robin. I don't think anyone else's names are ever said. No, Joanne, Herb, no, Jeffrey, no, no one's names are said. Well, there is no Herb in the cast. Uh, sorry, sorry, but you know yeah. what I mean, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sorry, sorry. Um. Okay. Do you have any flats? <sighs> Do you want me to go first? Because I have yeah, two. Yeah. I, have, I have two. These are just my opinions. Please don't come for me. Um, so the first flat is a is a honest one, and it's truthful. It's the inconsistent inconsistency with the sound mixing, and I wrote that during all for the best because I couldn't hear David Haskell for my life. I don't know if it was like the recording or like they didn't go in afterwards to re-record the lines or something, but there were moments that like, it was a little difficult hearing things. And then other moments they sounded clear as a day. So, um, but that's, that's my, that's like my major complaint. My minor complaint is them using the silent films. I, why just act it out. I get that. I mean, I think it was just another way of storytelling because we've seen so much pantomiming. We've already seen a lot of that. So I think maybe they just want to try something different. Like, I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be making. I mean, I, yes, I, I. But I, I get what you're saying, totally. Yeah, and like, uh, um, well, I think that moment in the show is more breaking the fourth wall, where they're talking to the audience, right? Yep, and that's yeah. that's also one of the moments where it becomes very um, the production that I've seen and done. It becomes very, um, very, very like it. That's a big pop culture reference story because you can change. So like when the first time I did it, so yes. I'm about to date myself. Um, the brothers were Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> nice. So like I, that's one of the moments in the show where people really throw in a lot of references. I realize a flat for me. We, we talked earlier um, about that it's not quote unquote needed, but a flat is just the absence of Jeffrey getting to sing "We Beseech Thee." Okay. Yeah. I I love that number. I would have. I wonder if it was even in the original script, and then they had to cut it for whatever reason. Yeah, like, that's a good question. Is and, it in the book? <laughs> um, they just talk about that the songs were cut. It doesn't talk about anyone's reactions or anything. Oh, how dare they? But, um, and was it uh, Learn Your Lessons Well? It's such a short song. Come on, give Gilmer a little love. 
it's a it's a not even a minute long i would have i mean and like i would have loved to hear their voices because i don't think we even heard gilmer's voice on like a solo line or something uh in light of the world but if that salt has lost its flavor and it got much in its favor and oh here's a flat because what body of water are they in they're by the statue of liberty they're on the tugboat what the body of water is that okay she pulls up that can she drank what she licked water oh. from the hudson <laughs> flat i mean they could have also faked it and like had a bucket of water underneath that it was in uh, but here's hoping <laughs> still any water by new york city why do you yes. why are you drinking it <laughs> Um, there was a Blu-ray release a few years ago, and it, I watched it the other night. There, and the commentary is by I'm not by film historian Lee Gambin, and he talks the entire time. He has a lovely, I don't know if it's Australian, but he has a foreign accent, but it's a lovely, easy to understand voice, and he talks throughout the whole thing. And he shares little facts because he does talk about that Gilmer was upset that her number was cut. I can't remember what everything that was said, but the Blu-ray has it as a bonus feature, and he talks the whole time, in a good way. Well, I mean, and it sounds like it's also very informative and it's interesting. It's great that you have both sources because the, what is lacking in one is probably said in the other. Yep. So they, like, this is, this is more like historical fact with everything. And the stuff that he tells is more like fun bits, including obviously historically accurate things about the film, but he shares a lot of fun bits too. Um, I think I know the answer to this question, but we, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Uh, all of them. I said the <laughs> same the thing. One, uh, uh, honestly, the whole album. I w- I can let the whole thing run, even I mean, with um, uh, Pet Tower Babble. Go for it. I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say like if they at least recorded them, like it's it, it'll be one thing. At, like not seeing it, I, I'd be fine with that. If I could just hear it, like hear what their concept of the song would be for "We Beseech Thee," um, mm-hmm. and. Yes. And learn your lessons and also Tower of Babel. But like, just like hear their concepts of those songs would be very fascinating. I don't need the visual. I'll listen. Yeah. I'll listen. <laughs> do a little, bo- a little bonus track. Come on. Throw bonus, bonus tracks. Bonus track. Yeah, we, we do like bonus tracks. Um, and on that note, we're done with the episode. Yay. Godspell. Ye. How would you feel about a, revive, a revival movie? Like a remake, I should say. <laughs> I'd hmm, it's never going to happen, but I would be, if it did, I think it'd be something like for like Netflix would do it. You know what I mean? It wouldn't mm-hmm. be like a major thing. I would be very curious because the various recordings productions I've seen and heard some songs have been changed. Styles of songs have been changed. Um, so I'd be curious if like one of them, and I think it's the 2001 off Broadway recording. Um, Tim Kane is the guy who sings, um, do you sing light of the world? Whatever song he sings, it becomes like, and I worked with him at uh, in my show at uh, Disney. He, uh, he, whatever song he sang, I think it was Light of the World, but it becomes a like shack, uh, 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 shaft, not shack, shaft, like 70s, like wah, 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 oh, kind of a sound. Yeah. Like, I'm just talk. Yeah. I can I have, it, like it becomes that. I have the, I, I already have the costumes designed for this remake movie where they look like they're going to Coachella. Oh my instead, God. Of, instead of hippies, instead of clowns, they're they're like living in Euphoria Coachella world. <laughs> that would be okay, it. Okay, wait, you gotta say John, patent pending. Patent pending. Copy, copyright. <laughs> there we go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh Tommy, do you have anything you want to plug, promote? Um, I I, ha- I have Instagram stuff. Uh, Spectro Pluto is my Instagram and Twitter. 
Twitter that was just bought out today by Elon Musk, apparently. I don't know. Oh, but, we're dating. Um, a, we're dating yeah. this episode. <laughs> so yeah, sorry. Hi, but um, I just post pictures of my food and stuff on there, and they're private. So if I let you in, great. You'll enjoy pictures of my food and my dog and the records I buy. Um, but no, I don't have anything. My own thing to shill. Come to Disney World. Come to help Disney. Help pay my bills. Come to Disney. <laughs> help pay my bills. Um, and come see the Lion King show because that's where I work, and it's a great. Also, it's a great show. So please just come. Wait, are you um, allowed and, to say that? Yeah, I, I'm a performer in a show at Disney World. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know. I go. know, like Disney has like a giant contract that you have to sign with yeah. all NDAs and everything. So I didn't know if that if you were. No, no, I can tell. I can tell people like, oh, I'm a parade performer. Like, oh, I dance on the castle stage. Oh, I work at the Lion King show. No, we can absolutely say that. I will not get in trouble, or else I wouldn't be jeopardizing my career. I was about to be like, do you want me to cut that out, or we do it take two? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, and I I will send you the link for the Godspell Experience book by Carol. Yes, yes, it yes. is a great, great book. Um, and then if you wanna, if you have some answers to questions that we asked, feel free to email me at buttasongpod at gmail dot com or uh, look find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttasongpod. Uh, would you? Do you have the bonus tracks that we talked about? Oh, I wish I will. I will write. I will petition. I will check the vaults at Arista Records. Do you? Do you want to fund me making this movie <laughs> that we the remake I, of it? I I will. I will find investors. What, what What do we call? What's that called? Producing. When you ask people for money. No, 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 no. Well, like when you put, you ask people for money, and like if you donate, we'll put your name in the producer credits. Oh yeah. Go fund like me. Fund Go fund me. Fundraiser yes. kind of a thing. Yeah. Which is what what's his name did for the 2011 revival. Remember, you could donate money and your name would be put on as a producer in the program. Oh my god, I think I do remember that for Circle in the Square. Yep. Yeah, I did, donate, an, I did that for I did that for for another show though, which was very interesting. I don't think I saw my name in the in the play below. But uh, dun, absolutely dun, dun. yes, I will. I will be a part of this. Not a problem. Well, I didn't mean you specifically. I meant you, the listener. You know. Oh well, I will be a part of this too. So if you want to work with us. <laughs> If you want to work with us, yes, reach out to me. I'll reach out to Tommy. We'll figure it out. And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about uh, the episode Jasper from After Party. I haven't seen this show yet. I'm very excited. Apparently, every episode no every episode is a different genre. And so oh. this one, Jasper, is the musical episode. Is so. it directed by Ryan Murphy? I have no idea. <laughs> I will you you'll have to tune in to find out. Oh, you got me. <laughs> All right. Bye for now, everyone. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombas.